0: Hey, everybody. This is Never Heard of It Podcast. This is a show where we talk about those movies that have fallen right on through your cracks. I'm Sean Harwell, and I'm joined by Craig Moorhead, as always. And thankfully, Craig, how are you?
1: Hey, Sean. I'm doing okay. How are you doing today? Whoop, whoop.
0: Yeah. That's my answer. I'm good. I'm good. It's probably mid-October when this is coming out. I think that's how we got it scheduled, and... Man, I can almost taste that Halloween candy. Is Halloween happening this year? Let's talk about that. Well, you
1: know, Halloween is really uh, a feeling in your heart, Sean. No no one can take Halloween away from you. No no pandemic, no politician, no one. Uh, It's a feeling you get. It's a place you go in your own mind. How do you like that? Not if
0: your kids are crying because they didn't get candy, Craig.
1: Oh, well, that's easily uh, remedied. You go on Amazon, you buy a bunch of candy. And you just like say, "Here's a bunch of candy. You don't have to go anywhere this year." And they're like, "Hey, I
0: don't know if that'll work. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see." Right. I'm a little, I'm a little dubious about that proposition. But Fair enough. hopefully, this is all just gonna sound dumb because Halloween's totally happening. So clearly
1: happening. Yeah, I, hope so. I mean,
0: what better time to wear a mask, right? I mean, you got that
1: right. Uh, a lot of costumes would employ a mask anyway, and I mean, this is
0: the time of year for it. You take the bag of candy, you just dump it into a bathtub, fill it up with bleach and Lysol, mm-hmm. let it sit for a little while, Yeah, good to go.
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, it's a work. holiday really built around individually wrapped food. It's true. I mean, no one's dipping their hand to a bowl of chips or anything. Like, it's a... Uh, it's a good point. Fairly safe. It's fairly, uh, I don't know, hermetically sealed as a holiday goes.
0: Yeah, and you know, you could just, I mean, we have been doing this anyway, but... For all you people out there wondering what you're going to do, should you be handing out candy and getting close to people? No, you just take a bowl, you leave it out. Absolutely. Put a sign that says, just, you know, be respectful of the candy. Don't take too much. Don't take too little. And then you go trick or treat yourself with your your friends and family.
1: Absolutely. Or you could, you know, take out your frustrations, just pelt kids with candy. It's kind of, it's kind of bittersweet for them, but I mean, you know, a little bit of pain and then they get some candy. What's, what's wrong with that?
0: Nothing. Oh, I'm excited about it. Watch it'll rain or something. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that's not going to be fair. Yeah.
0: There will be some catastrophic, uh, and we shouldn't even laugh about that because it's definitely happening on the West so Coast. So much catastrophic
1: Colorado. is happening. Yet. Yeah, I, sh-
0: I could just leave it at that, but I was going to say a catastrophic weather event on the entire East Coast. Uh, just, yeah. Like, you know, no. Cancel Halloween. Uh, And we'll be laughing about it. Anyway, let's talk about something else that's going to make us laugh, which is movies Mm -hmm. and talking about movies. This is a tee-up episode, of course. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, the previous uh, movie that we talked about this month, The Honeymoon Killers. And again, I think we got another greasy Greasy little crime movie for us today. I'm excited about this one, Craig. It's gonna be very different for us, yeah. I think. Okay, so first, uh, why don't you tell people where they can come say hello, and then we'll jump right into talking about all the folks that made this thing.
1: All right. Well, here's the deal. If you want to talk to me or Sean, you want to get a little message to us. Maybe you want us to watch a movie. Maybe you mm-hmm. uh, took exception to something we said in one of our podcasts, and you just want to give us a piece of your mind. Either way, you can find us at Twitter at Never Podcast. Uh, Facebook, you'll find us at Never Podcast. Instagram, you'll find us at N-H-O-I-T podcast. Any of those places, you can get in touch with us and tell us whatever you feel like it is we need to know. We will read your message. That is promise. Uh, You can find the actual podcast episodes uh, in places such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public and Cast Box uh probably some other places if if they are you know let us know uh but no matter what anywhere you hear it if you like it please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast it helps people find us and uh that would be a super cool thing uh sean not to get too spooky with you here in uh, october but uh -hmm. uh, why don't you uh, scare us up a, a a summary of this movie
0: Let's do it. The movie we're talking about is The Hands of Orlock. That's O R L A C. That's the full title. They spell it. No, it's not. The Hands of Orlock is a nineteen twenty-four film, folks.
1: That's like right. Almost a
0: hundred years ago. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty crazy. Even crazier, they made it with full sound and in color. I mean, that's it just seems, nuts. it
1: seems almost impossible.
0: <laughs> it wasn't possible. Oh, okay. So uh yeah. This is a crime horror mystery, according to Yield IMDb. It's an hour and a half long. Uh, I think it, well, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but it it should be uh, out there in in multiple places. I think you can find this one, including perhaps uh, Amazon Prime, maybe even YouTube. You'll find it. You'll watch it. I know you will. IMDb tells us this is going to be about, this is like the most classic setup for a movie, Mm -hmm. a world-famous pianist. Mm Mm-hmm pianist loses both hands in an accident when new hands are grafted on he doesn't know they once belonged to a murderer a murderer a murderer oh yeah that is a great setup i feel like people have been telling this story in one form or another for the past 100 years uh
1: they really have i mean i could have sworn i read this in tales from the crypt Mm. at some point probably did probably did what a um, good bunch of stuff there's a jeff fahey movie called body parts kind of yeah. like this kind of like
0: this it's a classic he tale. gets like a heart transplant or something
1: no it's it's he he has a transplant of some kind i can't remember what the transplant is whatever he gets though it kind of takes him over so that he goes out and he's trying to find where the rest of the body parts are because the killer's heart like wants to like bring his body back together something like that mm. It's it's a really fun movie
0: yeah, and you know, as as recent as 2018's Jordan Peele-directed Oscar Weenie Get Out, that had a bit of some uh, organ transplant going on in that one, if you'll recall. Absolutely. um Behind some of the, the bad guest stuff. So it is one that's uh, evergreen, it appears, as, it a, uh, as a plot, which is exciting to me. So, Craig, here we are again. We got a movie that was not made anywhere near America, which means you get to do the honors of first pronouncing these names before (laughs) I later butcher them. So why don't you start that process now and uh, good luck.
1: All right. Thank you. Largely, this movie was made uh, in Germany uh, with uh, German folks. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's Germany that I will be insulting tonight. (laughs) Everyone else can relax.
0: To Germany, no, I say... Austria is going to get insulted a little bit too, probably.
1: Yeah. I'm very sorry. Uh, actually, hold on one second. Let me just...
0: Uh, You're not sorry es at tut all.
1: Es tut mir leid, Which is uh, roughly translated as I'm sorry hmm. in German. Danke. Uh, <laughs> great. Great. We're winning a lot of German friends tonight. uh hands of orlock was directed by robert vine i'm gonna say vine even though it's uh spelled with a w so that's a guess on my part but uh mr vine directed the cabinet of dr caligari 1920 in 1920 Mm. uh, just four short years before this among 65 other movies uh he is uh, uh i saw a picture of him you sort of a portly gentleman. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what year the picture was taken, but an older man with a hat on, a cigar—exactly what you would expect to be a director <laughs> in 1924. Yep. He's everything you want.
0: Did he have those pants that tuck into your socks, like at the knee?
1: Well, you know what—the the the photo wasn't full, uh, full uh-huh. shot. So I, so I don't know. I don't know. Don't didn't see a riding crop.
0: Let's just so. assume.
1: God, I I, I hope so. I hope so. I hope he got to really live his best life. Mm -hmm. The movie is based on a novel uh, by the same name. And uh, the author of that novel is Maurice Renard. Uh, We've also got uh, the screenplay written by Louis Nertz, uh, who also wrote The Man Who Laughs, uh, which was a a movie that was a bit of inspiration for the Joker character, as I understand. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Very good movie. Um, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. I've never seen it. A very (laughs) highly thought of movie, yes, that I've actually been uh, wanting to watch for a long time. Looks interesting. This movie, according to IMDb, Sean, was produced by absolutely no one. Oh, finally. Thank God. Yeah. So we're going to finally see what kind of a movie comes out of something that has no producers.
0: A good one.
1: Getting in the way of the story. Uh, but we've got music by two gentlemen, uh, who weren't even alive when this movie was made. We've got Henning Loner, 1998, he put, uh, 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 music to this in one yeah. of its iterations. Uh, Henning, you would also hear some music in The Ring 2 huh. and the movie. And look, I'm a huge horror fan. I had no idea this movie existed. I believe it is the uh, 17th Hellraiser movie. It's called Hellraiser Deader.
0: It is not. It
1: is. It deader. is a movie called Hellraiser Deader. Deader. And I'll tell you right now, Sean, if somebody <laughs> came to me and said, hey, Craig, you want to make a movie? It's called Hellraiser
0: Deader. I'd probably just say, yeah. I mean, for sure. <sighs> but after I'm done making it, I'm like, we uh yeah. <laughs> We'll talk about that title. I mean, I like the first half. I'm a little uh, unsure about the second half.
1: Yeah, everything before that colon, I'm totally on board.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: So then we've also got Paul Mercer as the other uh, composer. Now, Paul Mercer uh, put music to this in 2008, 10 years later, after Henning did, for another iteration of this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul, You also hear some of Paul's music in uh, The Little Death and The Unwanted. Yeah, he, uh, he does uh, several uh, horror movie scores, sounds cool. like. Our DPs, and we've got two of them, Sean. And, uh, oh boy, we've got Hans Andr- Androsian, Hans Androsian. hmm Probably. And Hans shot uh, such movies as Magdalena and The Woman Wants No Children. That's Ooh. the title of the movie, The Woman Wants No Children. I don't know. I don't know what the conflict is there.
0: She's a villain. I mean, you can tell right She up has
1: here. to be. But what kind of a monster? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, and then we've got our other DP is Gunther Krumf, uh, who also shot The Ghoul, which is a Boris Karloff movie in 1933. Nice. Uh, also another movie called This Was a Woman. Uh, I'm <laughs> not sure if it had anything to do with whether or not she wanted children. Doesn't say. Again, I, if you don't want any children, we don't need to make a movie about it. It's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a pretty short uh, movie, actually.
1: It's It should be a fairly short movie,
0: right? To You're the point. Have children? No. Okay.
1: Yeah, then yeah. we're done. Uh, our cast is... Uh, oh, great. We've got Conrad Veidt as Paul Orlock. You remember Conrad. You better remember him as Major Heinrich Strasser uh, in uh, 1942's Casablanca. He's so which good. Which I wrote with an exclamation watched point. just
0: over the summer again. So oh, good.
1: It is such a good movie it's probably one of the first quote-unquote boring black and white movies i watched as a kid where i was like oh my god wait that's not boring yeah that was really good um everyone should watch it uh also he stars as the man who laughs in the man who laughs Mm. we've got alexandra serena as yvonne Orlok. uh she was in such movies as rasputin demon with women (laughs) and uh a movie called the woman who did that's the whole title did what it doesn't say
0: she wanted children that's what she, she did
1: maybe she did have children eventually uh, i don't know i don't sequel. know yeah there's not i uh, didn't read the summary uh moving on we've got fritz strasny as der al orlach boy i'm definitely killing that i don't know what alle is i don't know how that's supposed yeah, to be pronounced i'm not announced. sure i apologize but Fritz starred in a different Man Who Laughs movie. What one from? from before Hands of Orlock. There was one just like seven years before it. A hmm. uh, Very popular story, I assume. They gotta
0: copyright these things, man. It's getting they crazy.
1: really should think about copywriting. The Conrad Veidt version is the one that I've always heard about. So I, I actually did not even know there was a, a, an earlier one. But uh, now we've got Paul Asconis. As Der Diener. (laughs) Now, Paul, you would have seen in such movies as Dracula's Death. And a different Rasputin. Jeez. Uh, In one in which he was not a demon with women, I would assume. Eh. Because it just says Rasputin. We've got Carmen Cartagliere as Regine. She was in a movie called The Man with the Limp. He doesn't laugh. He limps. (laughs) You see how direct and to the point these titles are.
0: Yeah. Just put the word man or woman in there and just make up the rest.
1: And then just give, yeah, maybe there's a verb and then Mm. you're out. Uh, We've got Hans Homa as Dr. Cyril was in such movies as Immortal Melodies and Flowers from Nice. And finally, we've got Fritz Kortner as Nira. Uh, Fritz Kortner... What, what is my note here? I've written a note that is inscrutable. <laughs> oh, Fritz was in a movie called Somewhere in the Night. <laughs> this is where I was going with this. A movie called Somewhere in the Night, directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz, who you might remember directed the movie All About Eve, yes. uh, which is a pretty pretty darn good flick. But those are all the connections I was able to drum up. For this particular movie, Sean, I'm really excited to find out what things you found out happened on this movie set 100 years ago.
0: Well, first, did you notice that uh, the credits on IMDb, they list the actor's last name in association with the character? Like it says, uh, Conrad Veidt and then Paul Orlock in parenthesis as Veidt. Um, Oh, I see. Yeah, so supposedly that is the case with the film, at least in, I guess, the original iteration was the credits just had the last names of the actors. And I guess maybe films being what they were at the time in Germany, you, you would just know who these people were based on their right, last name. Right. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I've never heard of that before. But anyway, I, I did not find a ton about the actual production of this, sadly, which because I, I think it would have been kind of fascinating to, to yeah. learn about Um, But it it definitely was listed as one of the first films to have this kind of motif of even just the idea of of hands having a will of their own, Mm -hmm. whether or not attached to a body, Hello Evil Dead, uh, Adam's Family. And it also kind of gets into sort of the fears of like these surgical transplants, which we talked about just a little while ago as, as being something that comes up again, even though Like at the time, those procedures certainly were not even possible. So it's kind of interesting to think about some of the forward thinking here a little bit or just the what-if questions they must have been asking back in 1924. And it was shot on stage, I believe, at the studios of Listo Film in Vienna by the Pan Film Production Company. None of that really means anything to me, but there it is. there it is. It completes everything I found, really, about the production.
1: Fair enough.
0: The more interesting story, of course, is after it has come out. And uh, the film was approved in Germany uh, for release on the 25th of September in 1924, but for adults only, Craig. Uh, They made an application to the Ministry of the Interior of Saxony in 1925, urging, well, they didn't, the filmmakers didn't, but someone did, uh, urging that this film should be censored because this was kind of interesting. Not necessarily because it's morally unfit for society. Although that's part of it. The quote is, it is likely to endanger public safety in order based on an assessment by the Provincial Criminal Office at Dresden, the government of Saxony does not think it appropriate to make publicly known the internal arrangements and tools of the criminal police, particularly in connection with the taking of fingerprints, as this would make the fighting of crime more difficult. Further, the representation of means which enable the criminal to obliterate his prints and deceive the police is highly unsuitable. Whoa. So the objection is that they're giving away the trade secrets, I guess, of the police and they don't want criminals to think about new ways to sort of forge their fingerprints.
1: Interesting.
0: That is interesting. And like I've never heard of such a thing, I guess. Um,
1: well, yeah, I mean, it, it, mm, it does bring up an interesting thing. I remember especially, uh, I don't remember what movie it was, but certainly close to post nine eleven, any story that had like terrorists involved i would always remember there'd be some whipped up thing about well, why are we giving them ideas about how to do stuff yeah and that kind of thing like it, it is kind of uh that's interesting yeah they don't want they want people to know how, how it all works and i guess now te- technology is at the place where
0: you just look on Google. <laughs> well,
1: it, well, yeah, but it also it doesn't matter if you know how it works. Like, are you really going to be able to fake out the forensics they have now? Like, seriously. Yeah,
0: it's DNA. Um, but good news, that application was refused and the film was not censored uh, originally. Uh, as an expert from the police in Berlin said that the content in the film was was indeed unrealistic and that the specific method used in the film, which I read was kind of interesting, uh, for forging fingerprints was just pure fantasy, that it would never work. So that's all good.
1: Nice.
0: But oddly, and I don't know exactly what and how it still made sense, but it said that there was an entire reel of this edited out of the version that ended up being shown in America on June 4th, 1928. An entire reel, like that's, you know, it's a good chunk of time there. So I don't know how much sense it made when American audiences saw this thing, but uh, they saw some form of it. And kind of as you mentioned with the music, there's just a lot of different iterations of this film. There uh, is a version that is claimed, the original cut, that is about 92 minutes long. The 2008 version... Uh, made-for-DVD that Paul Mercer, I think, added music to is 113 minutes long. So that's hmm. that's a pretty substantial difference there. That yeah, is. There's a 2013 restoration that's 105 minutes long, which has another score on it from a composer named Donald Sosin. And then in 1995, there was a version that also added background noises and sound effects along with music. So... I'm not even entirely sure which version we're going to end up watching. Hopefully it's Me somewhat neither. the same, and but it might be interesting if we end up with two different versions just to see what's different. Yeah. And uh, it should enter the public domain this year, I read, if it's not already. So.
1: Well, let's steal it.
0: I was going to say it's possible that there will be even more variations yeah. of this. Found no taglines uh, in Spain. This was known as Las Manos de Orlac. Box Sounds office, right. no clue. This is 1924, yeah. uh, 1928 in America. I'm not sure how much the movie cost to make. Uh, Reception was pretty decent. Uh, there's a review from Variety. Quote, were it not for Vite's masterly characterization, the hands of Orlok would be an absurd fantasy in the old-time mystery thriller, cra- thriller class. Which I'm just like, well, what does that mean, old-time mystery thriller? thriller? How can I not say that? Um, you know in 1928. What does that mean to them? I guess they're referring right. to vaudeville, perhaps? I don't know.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, the New York Times review quotes, although it is raw, hardly the sort of thing some people want to look at after the evening toss or just before retiring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Hands of an old German production, is now at the Greenwich, Villa- Greenwich Village Theater and it's not without merit, so don't go watch it after you've had your evening dessert, but Mm -hmm. it's not without merit. A much more recent review was from Time Out magazine and they said Vine's version of the story about a concert pianist who loses his hands blah, 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 blah opts for a realistic denouement rather than a fantastic one but it still manages to generate some potent shocks from its confrontation between the hero and villain. Its most enduring quality is Vite's tormented performance as Orlok. It's exciting.
1: That is exciting.
0: Okay, so since the movie premiered in 1928, I decided to run with that one uh, as we look at the top ten in the box office and some of the other films here. So the top ten here. We'll see how many of these you've seen, Craig. All right. The Singing Fool, Street Angel, Lilac Time, Four Sons, Noah's Ark, The Red Dance, The Terror, The Circus, Lights of New York, and My Man.
1: I'm going to be honest, I have not seen any of those, <laughs> I know. strangely enough.
0: Yeah. Uh, th- six films from Warner Brothers, three from Fox, and one from United Artists. So yeah, Hollywood System, going strong, 1928. Yeah. Other notable films that year, and really, uh, yeah, I didn't recognize hardly any of these titles except for like th- two or three, probably, if I'm right. being honest. But I definitely recognize some of the people associated with them. So... There's a movie called The Actress that had Norma Shearer in it. The Awakening was directed by Victor Fleming. There's a movie called The Big City, which had Lon Chaney Sr. The Cameraman, it's a Buster Keaton film. Mm -hmm. Champagne, an early Hitchcock film. The Crowd, it was directed by King Viter. The Divine Woman, starred Greta Garbo. Easy Virtue, another Hitchcock film. The Fall of the House of Usher, there were two movies with that title that year. One from the United States and one from France. The Farmer's Wife, another movie credited to Hitchcock. So that's three so far this year. Yeah. Uh, The movie Four Sons, I mentioned, was directed by John Ford. Uh, Howard Hawks had a film called A Girl in Every Port. Cecil B. DeMille had The Godless Girl. John Ford had another film called Hangman's House. Uh, Paramount had its first all-talking film that year called Interference, which I've never heard of. No. Frank, Frank Capra had The Matinee Idol. John Ford had another one called Mother McCree. There's a film called October, Ten Days That Shook the World, which was directed by Sergei Eisenstein, the infamous oh, yeah. Russian filmmaker that did the battleship Potemkin. The Passion of Joan of Arc by Carl Theodore Dreyer. The Power of the Press, which is another Capra film. Sex and Chains, Craig.
1: Oh, my Goodness!
0: <laughs> yes, on Wikipedia's list, of no, that's a German film, "Sex and Chains." I don't know. Maybe I'll look into that. Uh, <laughs> Cecil B. DeMille had another film called "Skyscraper." Harold Lloyd had a movie called "Speedy." Fritz Lang, we've talked about him before, had a movie called "Spies." Buster Keaton also had "Steamboat Bill Jr." "Steamboat Willie," the Disney short, was out that year. Uh, there was a version of "Sweeney Todd" in theaters that year. Laurel and Hardy were in a movie called Two Tars." and the film The Viking was apparently the first feature-length Technicolor film. I did not know that. Mercy. The Viking. No, I didn't know I that. To at look all. into that. So the Oscars are a little weird in this era. But uh, the Oscars did happen in 1929 and prior to 1933 the Oscars were not based strictly on calendar years, so they actually covered films from 1927 and 1928 when they handed out Best Picture in 1929. Do you want to guess what that was, Greg? Guarantee you've heard of it.
1: Best Picture, 1929.
0: This is a bit of a trick question.
1: Ah, uh, That's rough. I don't like, I don't like trick questions. I got nothing. What, what is it, Sean?
0: It's Wings. That was the first. Uh, yeah, this is the first year that they actually had the Oscars. It was 1929. Sure. And uh, Best Picture, although I didn't know this, it did go to Wings. But there was also a category of Best Unique and Artistic Picture, which I don't know. I don't know what that means exactly. No. I'd like to think that the best peach, best picture. Was indeed unique and artistic, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the designation is. I got to do a little more research on that. But that went to Sunrise, a song of two humans. Good title.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Best director dramatic picture went to Frank Borzage for Seventh Heaven, maybe Borzaghi. Mm -hmm. Uh, Best director comedy. Can you believe that? They had a best director comedy category. Went to Louis Milestone for two Arabian Nights. That's nights with a K.
1: Yeah.
0: Best actor went to Emil Jennings, and it wasn't for one single picture. It was for, it listed two that he was in The Last Command and The Way of All Flesh. And Best Actress went to Janet Gaynor, uh, and she was noted as being in three pictures Seventh Heaven, Street Angel, and Sunrise, a song of two humans. So, Wings actually came out in 1927, uh, but the Academy Awards, yes, were in May of 1929. Douglas Fairbanks hosted. Do you want to guess how long the entire procedure lasted?
1: Five hours.
0: Fifteen minutes.
1: Oh my God!
0: In and out That's the what door. They do Thank now. you very much. Tickets cost like 75 bucks, equivalent to today, and uh, over and done with. Wow. Oh
1: God! what did you get away with that? How did it? balloon
0: uh they added they added a few categories correct they only they had did. one two three four five six here i think uh yeah 28 29 and one sure. of those wasn't best editor or screenwriter so at least they added those two right yeah finally finally Jeez. so uh hands of Orlock, yeah so it's been remade at least twice there's a movie called mad love from 1935 with peter lorre which is a remake and in 1960s, there is a film that was indeed called The Hands of Orlock. It was directed by Edmund T. Graville, or Gravai, and Christopher Lee is in that film. So, I don't know oh, if that's wow. like a hammer horror film by chance or yeah. not. So, but yeah, it has inspired numerous others, according to Wikipedia, including Hands of a Stranger, Beast with Five Fingers, The Crawling Hand, and this movie, Craig, The Hand, from 1981 do you know anything about that movie well that's oliver stone it is with michael caine I'm, i don't know that movie yeah i've never seen it but no I'm, I'm i'm definitely familiar with it that feels like one that might need to go on the list let's do it uh i i've never really heard anybody talk about that film and for an oliver stone film that's pretty interesting i did not yeah. know i do think it is slightly on the horror scale so that would be interesting to see what the hell he does uh in that terrain Agreed. Uh, okay, last little bit of uh, historical context here. Uh, Robert Vine, as you mentioned, the director, was born in the German province of Silesia. Silesia. Hopefully, I got that remotely right. But it, regardless, it is now part of Poland. And four months after the Nazis took over, Vine had a film called Typhoon, or it might be Typhoon, T A I F U N. And that movie was banned. So at the time, there was a Hungarian company that was offering an escape for German directors and a chance for them to make films simultaneously in the German language and Hungarian. And given the political situation that was developing, Vine took up that offer. And he later went to London and then Paris, where apparently he tried to do a remake of the cabinet of Dr. Caligari with sound and director Jean Cocteau should have been kind of
1: interesting.
0: But Vine was apparently of Jewish descent and never returned to Germany. Although it's kind of interesting. I I don't know that like it sort of implied that this may not have been strictly out of fear for his life by chance, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe just given his status in the industry, who knows how much of a, an actual threat that would have been. You know, maybe it is... I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them that they're going to just let him get a pass because uh, he's making good movies, right? Yeah. But it said that he had no no history of left-wing politics, and he had largely identified himself uh, as a Protestant, even going back as far as 1894. He apparently has a film that he's made about the crucifixion of Christ that was quoted as being sort of notably conventional in its portrayal. Um, But there was one obituary when he died in Germany where he was identified as a Jew. So I don't know, that's kind of interesting to me that it's like unclear, but also, also you would, I think, understand why if he is or if his ancestry includes that, why he would certainly not want that public knowledge while he's in Germany. Oh, absolutely. So, not sure there. But Conrad Weitz, on the other hand, this is really interesting. He was fervently opposed to the Nazis um, and apparently donated a, a major portion of his personal wealth to Britain to assist the war effort. Uh, but in 1933, Joseph Goebbels began like purging the film industry um, there of anti-Nazi sympathizers and, of course, Jewish people. Uh, Veit had filled out a questionnaire that was sent out by Goebbels, uh, Gribbles, and it was just clearly like a, a racial qualification thing that they were asking for. And Veit identified himself as Jewish, and he was not, but he wanted to show solidarity, and he also had just married a Jewish woman. And so by doing that on the questionnaire, he was sort of just making the statement and drawing a line in the sand that that's it. Like yeah, the career is probably over and he's encouraging it, at least in Germany. Yeah, And that's kind of crazy because he was indeed a big star at the time there, but it totally worked. Uh, Goebbels let it be known that Weit would never act in Germany again. And he and his wife, Alana Prager, uh, immigrated to Britain that year, 1933. So interesting. And then, of course, yeah, uh, Casablanca, nine years later. That's crazy. Vine died in Paris while he was shooting a spy film called Ultimatum. And I've always been wondering, you know, curious about this, like when, when and if that has happened in the past. And um, I'm sure there's probably some other significant examples of it happening. Mm-hmm. But I think he died with about 10 days left, or something like that, I read. And the film was ultimately finished by a director by the name of Robert Sch- Shodmak, I think is maybe Shodmak. Yeah. Uh, might be how you pronounce that. Uh, so the movie's called Ultimatum, which would be kind of interesting to see about that. Um, just can't imagine what that would do. Yeah, you know, that, that's another tough one to recover from on a set, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're you're kind of bonded with this director.
0: Yeah, especially with the actors. Um, that would be rough. Yeah, but he did finish The Hands of Orlock, as we know. And I'm really excited to see this. You know, this is a silent film. We've never done one of those. So that's that's going to be, well, we did do that. Buster Keaton's was yeah. silent, right? Yeah. Um, College, yeah. So this is the second one, I think. Right. It's still a pretty small number in our catalog of oh. 130 plus films that we've talked about. So join us. Check it out. I'm sure you can find it everywhere now that it's public domain and uh i'm looking forward to seeing it and i'm really also very curious about maybe checking out some clips of the uh, peter Laurie version after i do so because i like to see what he does with his little spin on this yeah uh thank you for bringing it to my attention at least craig and wonderful. uh anything else you want to have the final words here
1: yeah it, yeah look if if you don't want to have kids it's fine I don't think there's no there should be no pressure, even from your parents. You don't have to have kids. That's that's our official
0: stance. Mm-hmm. Especially no yeah. pressure from a movie crew. I mean, my God, certainly not. There? Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll talk next time. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.